the point that I really want to make is just that at the moment, there's a lot of pressure. It feels like there's a lot of pressure to figure out the answer. Uh, like, what do we do? And this isn't a problem that's occurred overnight. It's like a, it's been centuries in the making. Like it's all been, it's been happening for a long time. So in terms of us addressing and how we move forward, it's not going to be an overnight solution either. So I just want to encourage people that whilst like we're not going to solve all of the issue overnight because we're talking about a system, we're talking about an approach, we can only look at what we can do individually. So it's just encouraging people to kind of think about like, how do I feel and challenge thoughts that they thoughts or beliefs that they have that they didn't even realize they had um to kind of shift the perspective and mindset because then a shift in action will follow spoken as a real coaching language isn't it the <laughs> shift in the mindset and then the action will follow yes <laughs> this is the coaching uncovered podcast with me your host emily hodge where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. Janine, I'm really pleased that I've got you on the podcast today. Would you share what your title is, who you say you work with, and what your current project or program is that you've got going on. Okay. Firstly, thank you, Emily, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, so my title is, I have a number of um, pieces to the title, nice. <laughs> is career strategist and executive coach. I'm also a TEDx speaker and a lawyer. And I work with mid-level career professionals to help them to change career direction and land idle roles. And my program at the moment, my main offering is a 90-day group coaching program that helps people go from feeling confused about what it is they want to do with their career next to getting crystal clear clarity on what they want to do. And then also learning the tools and the strategies that they need to transition into a new way or, you know, a new way of working or a new industry. You and I have connected a lot about the coaching world. And recently, this episode is being recorded on the 17th of June. So if you're listening to this very recently, you may obviously be aware that lots and lots have been going on the rails around anti-racism, following George Floyd's murder, and actually, you know, quite a few other murders that have been happening recently that will not be news to many people anyway. Janine and I spoke about this a couple of days ago and we just thought actually it'd be nice to just record a chat because it was great to talk to you about especially the coaching world and how the coaching world is responding or we see uh, it's responding in terms of diversity and some of the maybe even controversial chats that are going on around how big names are and aren't responding in the coaching world. What what are your initial thoughts, Janine, about the coaching world, the diversity and big names responding to anti-racism work yeah I think it's it's been really interesting because there have been people who I admire people who I've been in their programs um and other people who kind of had an initial response and their initial response kind of rubbed people up the wrong way and then they then addressed it like it's almost like they had a reaction and was like for, for I'm thinking of three in particular like their reaction was 
okay, people are starting to talk a lot, a lot about race. We don't do, we don't talk about race and we don't talk about religion in our communities. Like we've ruled that out because it's always a topic that gets heated. And so when people started talking about that in their communities, their response was, guys, we don't talk about that here. Now, like, in you know normal circumstances like people will just be like okay fine that's fine but given the context and all that's going on to have that response just came across as very very one insensitive and two like mm. you're not even you're not even trying to understand how a lot of your community right now is feeling if you have a mixed community that has um black people people of color but yet you're saying like you can't talk about this now it just came off really badly so this is the way it looked it looks like people put that kind of response out they had a massive backlash not only from the black community but from other people so like white people or you know other people of color who were saying hold on a minute this isn't acceptable and then like a couple days later then they came back and said oh I apologize I responded in the wrong way and now I want to learn um, and get educated about like anti-racism and what I can be doing and so I think for me it's just a bit disappointing. It's it's if you if you if you're in this kind of space, something as personal as coaching, it's like holding space for people is something that we learn, it's something that we do as coaches. So to just like shut it down like that and just be like, Okay, I know this is going on, but we, we can't do that here, it just seemed really, really insensitive and then rubbed people up the wrong way and I think rightly so. Um but I guess the positive of it is that they have seen that they made a mistake and have owned up to that and said, do you know what? I haven't approached it in the best way. Let me learn what I can do differently. And I think that's better than people who would just say, yeah, like, I'm just going to stick to my guns on on this approach. And and there have been some people that, that have taken that approach too. So I think it's just been interesting to kind of see where certain people really stand on, on topics like this. Um, particularly when you look up to them or, you know, admire their achievements, it, it kind of just, you know, you look and you see, okay, there's also the value piece that sits behind people in terms of like what they really believe or what they stand for. And everyone has the right to their opinion and has the right to think how they think. But I think it's important to challenge how you think if, if you know, like you recognise that actually, <laughs> like a lot of people are seeing that this is not okay. I think you've been uh, you've used a you've used a word which is probably very soft in this sense, like you said, it was really insensitive for that person to do that. I suspect there's probably um harder language that one might use <laughs> yeah. around the reaction to that. And and I'm not, and I know you're not here to call people out. It's but it's an interesting. Uh, I'm not even going to say dilemma. It's it's a massive fact of any industry when you have an audience, right, and leading that audience. Um, with integrity and honesty and that that means you can't cut out parts of people's lives yeah and and I and I yeah I I'm obviously we're talking about Marie Forleo I believe aren't we so that's okay yeah. <laughs> um and she's a huge name in the coaching industry and I think that it's been really interesting to kind of see the group talking about it afterwards as well I'm I'm in Canada at the moment as you know I'm also in a coaching program with an American coach and so that's given me a lot of access to voices that I maybe wouldn't have seen or heard American voices actually in, in this sense and that's been really fascinating to watch um, how the American coaches have re- reacted to Marie Forleo as well yeah um, 
but but you but I think really what's interesting there is about safe spaces and as coaches um you know we aim to hold a safe space don't we the container for for someone to transform and that brings me to the point I know we had a brief chat about this before but when we spoke about it you said so rightly about us as coaches holding a space which is completely valid for the individuals you know we come to support people and advise and well guide around beliefs and um, you know motivation and action change but you can't do that unless you understand somebody's where they've come from their culture their past the way that they process information you know it all establishes how easy it is for them to move forward we well, said something really good when we spoke on Sunday about that do you want to share yeah I think I I think that you can hold space for people like I don't think that in order for you to coach somebody you know you have to have gone through exactly the same experience as them but I think there has to be an element of um both empathy and then acceptance that you don't fully know the person's reality if you're different from that person so I was just sharing that if you are a coach and you're saying you're you're coaching um a black woman there's a lot of stuff that needs to be unpacked that is probably holding her back from showing up how she really could show up um so in terms of some of the limiting beliefs that she might have and some of the the struggles it comes from not just a place of like oh this person doesn't feel motivated that they can do it and you know a lot of people will say you just got to get on with it like you've got the plan just 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 execute but if if the person's not executing it might be because of some of the things that she's been told growing up, like you're not good enough or you can't do that because you're black or, you know, you, you, um, because of, because of who you are, you have to work so much harder than everybody else. And there's all of this messaging that comes both from, um, like the family because your parents want to protect you and prepare you to go out into this world that's going to treat you a certain way. And then also from society, like when you do try and push forward and you do try and do things, you have people in authority, like teachers and advisors turn around to you and saying, hold on, you can't do that. Like that's not for you, basically. So if you've had that for your whole life and then you get into your twenties and your thirties and you're trying to do something different, just because in your mind you're saying, I can do this. I can totally do this. It doesn't mean that all those stories that have been reinforced year after year after year are not going to show up. And so if you're a coach who's completely oblivious, which a lot of people seem to have been oblivious to what was going on, and you're just showing up and you're coaching this person from a place of like, you can do anything. I just need to give you the tools and the strategy and you can get it done. Here's my one framework. You should fit into that. (laughs) Yeah, you you execute on my framework and this will work for you. And you you showing me all of these examples of people who have made it work. But those people didn't necessarily have all of the, the stuff that I needed to unpack. So I think it's important to acknowledge that as a coach, that if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm marketing to a certain group of people, a certain demographic, or like, you know, I want to have an inclusive and a a diverse coaching program, then you have to be willing to do the work to understand where your coaches are coming from. Because otherwise, I just think you're doing people a disservice by, by, you know, having a, if you have a huge program and people can literally just go on your website and click enroll, and then they're, they're showing up expecting a promise and if you're not if you're not willing to create a space for them to be able to talk about some of these issues so that you can understand and then you can help them then it's like that's not right like don't take their money then if you're not willing to do that and then you can go a step further and say well let me understand really understand some of the challenges and see like 
how could I help you work through that? And do you think part of that is around the skill of the coach as well to say, I understand, I can, I can do this in a way that is completely supportive to you, even though I don't have your racial background or I don't have your same experience. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it can be as much, it doesn't have to be like, oh, you know, I need to go on a training course and fully understand all of the history. It's more just allow them to speak and understand where they're coming from and try and put yourselves in their shoes and, and, you know, like have some empathy around it. And I, I, I do think that for a lot of coaches, before all of this blew up, like they might not have even thought about it. So I know that I've spoken to friends who are like, I never really, I've never really seen colour. Like I've, I, like I have black friends, I have, I have a diverse range of friends and I just see them as the person that they are. And I don't necessarily really like focus on their colour. And so if people have been coming from that, place I can understand why they haven't even given much thought to the fact that I need to be treating different people differently because everyone talks about equality like everyone needs to be treated the same but equality doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't work like the way that people say it's like we should treat everyone the same but actually if you treat everyone the same it's not equal because that one person didn't start on the same starting line as the other person in terms of opportunities so it's not about equality like one broad brush it's about giving everybody the opportunity to develop and give them the tools that they need to get to where it is they need to get to so I think now that people have a a raised level of awareness it's like okay now you're aware like if you're saying before you weren't aware like fine some people might say I can't believe they weren't aware like let's give you the benefit of doubt you weren't aware but now you are what are you gonna do about it <laughs> you know, like it's like, what are you? What? How are you going to show up differently for your clients? How are you going to market differently then? Because it's okay. Like ignorance is bliss, is bliss, right? Like we can wink at ignorance, but once you're in the know, you can't unknow. Actually, what's the coaching model? You know, the unconscious, conscious, unconscious. Conscious. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I was doing. It, I was talking to clients through this the other day, and I always forget the name of it. So it's like when you have um unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence then conscious competence like there's four parts so I always get it wrong as well <laughs> but yeah we'll it's, put it it's in the notes that. we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> it, it's so fascinating isn't it because coaching is such unless you're running a very very wanton actually that everything needs to be considered but let's say it is it's a really interesting relationship because you, your coaching model might be one to many and that might be hundreds or thousands of many that's got one way of being able to not just say yeah, I can provide a safe space. I'm not sure anyone can 100% guarantee they can provide a safe space anyway, but um, you can take all the steps you can towards it. But that's a very different relationship, isn't it, than a very yeah. intimate one-to-one conversation like we're having. So even um, thinking about the way you run your coaching business would also impact possibly even the, well, at least the outward um, anti-racism work that you do for your business, right? Or that you do to help yourself run your business better. Um, yeah, and I can I can see the challenges that, like, when you've got a community of thousands of people, um, to be able to to be able to show up and police the discussions, because basically, I think when you're in that position you're you're being forced to take a side and there's some people that are not going to be happy with the decision that you make um so and so basically when you say stuff like you know we're not talking about this here that allows you to stay neutral and not upset anybody because it's like this isn't the space for it um but when you allow it it means that you have to call people out like 
we are anti-racist here so anyone who's showing up with racist um comments is not going to be able to post or is not going to be able to be here that means you can cut out a, a large portion of your audience so really in order for you to show up and say put a stake in the ground and say that we are standing for the right thing that means that you potentially lose popularity with a group of your clients so like i i understand how it's a hard decision but at the end of the day what's right is what's right that is a consideration like how do i how do i want to deliver my program who do i want to be serving and how do i want to be showing up and what do i want to be known for and the values that you can still enhance even when you haven't done like enough of the work right so i'm i'm sitting here i've done a shitload of looking at my privilege and it's just you know just thinking about all the stuff that's probably happened and could have happened because I'm white and because I've had huge advantages and it's it's almost unfathomable sometimes isn't it but it's true I think what's been really interesting you and I both live in Surrey right we actually live right near each other (laughs) where we live is a very white middle class area and I guess there could be a, an interesting thing around where people say, yeah, but I don't, there's not much diversity where I live. So how can I develop my business in a proper way that's diverse if I'm, if I'm not seeing much diversity? But I was thinking about that and making the reflection that, that not many businesses are solely um, in person these days. Most have an online presence and can get online easily and can find lots of other people online. So the interesting argument about, yes, but I don't, I don't, many people who are a different race to me yes. is, is a kind of moot point isn't it I think you won't see people if you don't want to see people so like I know like where we live like we're probably one of the few black families but here's the interesting thing right we moved to Godalming in like like five years ago in Surrey and um we literally like would walk down and not really see any other black people it's like yeah we're the only people but like recently I've seen quite a lot and even like so for me as a black person like when I see another black person like we went my husband and I went to Sainsbury's and we came out and we we're like do you see how many black folk were in Sainsbury's today <laughs> and literally Emily we saw four people but for us that was like do you see how many because normally we are used to being around here and being the only people. So it's almost like you see other people, like, oh my gosh, there's more of us coming. And I can imagine that there's probably like other folk, like white folk who are like, oh my goodness, there's lots of black people around. When really in the context of there being thousands of people that live here, we've got, we're, we're talking about like 10 people. <laughs> I think that that just goes to like the way that it is, like the, this area is predominantly white. So it's like, yeah. I have friends who I've made friends with and because they've made friends with me now they have exposure to my culture or they have exposure Mm. to like what it what it means to be a black person and I'll share with them things that they didn't know before um I'm saying that to say if you're looking around your circle and you're saying do you know what like everyone in my circle is the same as me then it's like well like I can make a conscious effort then to diversify that by going out of my way to meet different people so like I can look around and say, I've got lots of black friends. I've also got white friends and I've also got Asian friends and I've also got like friends from Iran. And so you can look around you and say, if I'm only surrounding myself with this type of person, then maybe I need to do do it differently. Like the same way you would in terms of business networking, when you say, exactly. you know, I need to surround myself with people who have a different mindset. Like if I've only got my group of friends from school who don't really understand what it is that I'm doing in terms of building a business, I need to find other business owners. What would you do? You'd go to a networking event 
and make a conscious effort to start networking with those types of people. It's the same thing. So it's like, if you're saying I don't have a diverse range of friends, do you want to though? Because you can say that and it's like, do you want to? Because honestly, it's not going to be easy for you to build a, a group of friends that are different from you, but it can be so enriching. Like the things that I learn from people that aren't like me have completely shown me a different way of looking at things. And so I'm a richer person for it. But if you're willing to just stay how you, how you are and just be comfortable with the friends who like get your background and understand you because they have the same experience, then I think you're robbing yourself of an opportunity. And like you said, we have the internet, so it's not good enough to just say, oh, I can't find any people to talk to. It's like, don't want to. Exactly. And it kind of makes that really, I guess, the point about talking about our, our friendship groups was in, in the essence to say, if we're here talking about coaching particularly let's use that example and say there is so much more that we can be doing and I mean I put myself in there saying you know my clients can be more diverse so the way that I talk could actually be more diverse in terms of like being more inclusive to bring more people in and I find that really interesting because we have access to people by the touch of a button now particularly interestingly through Instagram particularly which is so visual right you see the person you see everybody before you see their words and so I found that fascinating around who we choose to follow and what it is we're following them for and how we bring in the right people to our community. And, and I think, um, yeah. I think the thing with that as well, Emily, is that there will be people who will resonate with your message regardless of their background because mm-hmm. of what it is that you're coaching around. Like there's universal things that people have issues with. So if you're putting out the message, it's almost like you say Instagram, for example, just just diversifying your feed um, so that different types of people can find you. Like I, when when I just did the, the current rounds of my uh, group coaching program when we went around the room and everyone was introducing themselves we like had one lady who's from America so she's white but she's from America and another lady who's white but she's from the UK so she's British like traditional British um, and then another lady who's Brazilian and then another lady who's Indian but she's from the UK like and then there's me who's black so that when we went around the room I was just like guys we're like international in here yeah. <laughs> I love it and and it's just so interesting because like my the, my Brazilian client when she starts talking like she's she talks really fast and she's like oh Janine and I just did it and I'm like oh you're so amazing and then the American comes on and it's just so beautiful like just the experience of having our coaching calls I'm just like all of the accents all of the different perspectives like it's just awesome and so like if we're just if we're just gonna stick with the one group of people that like you miss the opportunity to kind of just learn from people and just have that kind of you know like that cross-cultural kind of mixing and blending it's amazing but also the power of that as well right because as you said if you've got if you're a coach who's who's niche let's say and got a really strong message people come are attracted to that message aren't they and then often the person, the personal brand behind it is is there, but it's often secondary. It's like, do I want that thing in the middle that you're talking about? Yes. Who is it that's delivering? Then they look at the person, what they're doing. But in a way, it, that's where it's beautiful, because if you connect on the value and the value of the thing that you want in the middle, that's the beauty that brings in more people, because it's like it doesn't matter who you are. If you want the thing in the middle, then you'll all be attracted to it. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to say as well, and it, I worth just saying this on record didn't want to get you on the podcast and I don't think that we've done this <laughs> maybe you can tell me um 
for this to be like, Janine, tell me what I can do in the coaching world. It's not your job. But I would love to have the discussion around what you think about like where the coaching industry can go. I guess context that we both know, the coaching industry is huge, completely unregulated, which is why I started the podcast, and got some really odd shady practices going on in it. (laughs) What can we do (laughs) to help it be more diverse? But it's just tick box exercise, let me be more diverse. And when you spoke on the other day, you said some really amazing people who I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, why don't I know them? They're huge in the industry. So sorry, that's not really a good question, but I wonder what you pick up on what I've just said. Yeah, I think in terms of what we can do, I think that there's definitely, I guess, opportunities to showcase people who are doing great things who maybe aren't as well known. Like, I don't know if you saw that campaign that happened last week, which was like called Pass the Mic. Was it called Pass the Mic or Share something? And there was like so many high profile, like there was, uh, you know, celebrities and yeah. yeah. And like um, Ariana Huffington and so many amazing women who were like, you know what? There's also so many amazing black women who are just not seen as much as we are. So like they basically shared their platform um, to give people the opportunity to just discover all of these other awesome women who have been doing awesome things. Um, so like initiatives like that, I was like, that is so cool because not only are you saying you know what, like, I'm going to pass the mic because I have a platform and I have an audience that may well be really interested in you. But it also means that all of those people connected, like all of the actual influencers or the actual celebrities connected and built relationships through that collaboration. So I think like looking for opportunities to build relationships with people who are different from us within the industry as coaches, so that you end up having opportunities to get referrals from other people and so when you're saying well how do I find that diverse audience it's like okay well if I connect with people who are different from me they're going to have followers who are different from me and then those followers may be like oh like I've not heard of Emily before let me go and speak to let me go follow Emily and it's just a way of us moving away from us being very much in our own lanes to us like crossing over and and just sharing audiences in a way and then yeah I think it's about like seeking out that that diversity so if it is like oh do you know what I don't really know any coaches who are not the big names but I know there are people out there doing great stuff like who are some of those people and looking those up like there's podcasts that are dedicated like you know that are by black people that are speaking to black audiences like listening to different podcasts or like it doesn't just have to be black but Asian or whatever yeah um and yeah, like doing it that way, like just saying, oh, who who else is out there other than the mainstream people that I would normally go for? And then I, I also think that there's the other side of it. So in terms of from the client perspective, bringing coaching to the fore more in terms of explaining the benefits of coaching so that more people understand it. I think, you know, like here in the UK, like it's so different compared to the to America in terms of people's understanding of coaching and actually using coaching as a tool and recognizing the power of it. Um, and so I think if I think about black communities, a lot of my friends, cousins, like family, they're like, what, what is this coaching thing? Like they don't really know what it is because they haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to it or haven't, you know, it hasn't really been on their radar and nobody's really like been pushing understanding of what this thing is. And so I think in order for more people to get the help that they need through coaching uh, they need to understand it and how it actually works and why it would be beneficial I think it's similar therapy right like when people are like why would I go and sit on the couch and talk to someone about my problems and it's like 
you totally need to talk to someone about your problem. <laughs> Which is um, why I think America's about 10 years in advance, isn't it? Because they had therapy so much earlier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's like, yeah, therapy. But yeah, the, I, I think there's other things like in, in um, black communities, sometimes there's that stigma around like going to get therapy is seen in like you're weak if you're going to get therapy. So then if you're likening coaching to therapy, and the narrative is that if you have to seek out help in that way, you're not a strong person. And we've been told that we need to be strong because we've got to fight this battle and like everyone's going to be going for us all the time. Then it's hard for you to say, yeah, I'm going to invest in coaching. So I think there's a whole education piece on that side as well, where to be like, it's not weakness for you to seek out help and support to reach your goals. That's so interesting, isn't it? Around the belief shift that needs to happen for anybody actually before they go and get help like for some people it might seem as a nice to have but then for other people it might seem like I don't get like how this is going to help me I think of my like my husband like when I started coaching I I think it's taken him a long time to understand (laughs) to just understand what it is that I'm doing um not so much what it is that I'm doing like he gets that but like the whole value of it you know like if I say I've invested in a coach to help me he's like why do you need some why do you pay someone to do that you can figure that out on your own and like trying to explain like I could figure out on my own but some things I don't know and I don't know what I don't know so I do need help and I need someone to talk me through and like talk me off the ledge when I'm thinking like I'm going to do something crazy and I can't talk to you sometimes because you're you're not responding in the right way like hence this conversation (laughs) so yeah anyway I'm going into like other stuff but yeah my point is just that like the attitude around what it is and how it can be helpful can sometimes be very much like "Hmm, I don't get it and therefore I'm not going to explore it and in a way that's amazing isn't it because one of the biggest things in the coaching industry that's used to support people using coaching is testimonials and case studies so if we don't see testimonials and case studies from people that we align with or feel like they're like us then we're probably also less likely to think that we'll have the same result right so if there aren't diverse voices and people who look different to us then we're just going to think that doesn't mean I can have the same outcome so again it's like access and the communication around how we say coaching helps yeah. people, who it helps, who it's available to. Because I think with that, on that point, I think that there are people who will say that wouldn't work for me. That only works for her because she's white. That only works for her because she's married. Right. Like I've heard that. I might say to um, oh, my husband, like, oh, you know, like people are taking this approach and it's working for them or they've got coached around this. And he's like, but are they American? Because, like, his thing is, like, coaching works in America and it doesn't work here. And then I'm like, so then when I come across a British, like, coach or person who's doing the things that I want to do, I'm like, and she's from the UK. Um, And so it's the same if it's like, oh, and she's black. So it's not even just that she's from the UK because then there's white privilege, but it's like she's from the UK and she's black. So she's from the UK and she's black and she's been able to do it, then I can definitely do it, right? So there is that element of like identifying with people, even if you don't even, if you don't say it, but on a subconscious level where if someone who looks like me has done the thing that I want to do, then I feel more empowered to pursue the same path. That's such a powerful statement, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 um, and I think like when we start talking about, organization so I'm going to be having a chat with um someone next week about you know what we do in the workplace around this and I think a lot of the issue comes when you are in the workplace and you look to the the partners and you look to those in executive seats and you don't see anyone that looks like you 
then it's almost like a glass ceiling is created because you're like, well, if no one else came before me and made it, what makes me think I could be the first one? And do I want to be the first one? It looks lonely at the top. There's all of that to in into play. And that's why I say like this isn't something that can be solved overnight. Like it's such a it's going to take a long time. It's going to be like so many perspectives need to shift and kind of almost like rebuilding the way that we structure things in order for us to get to where everyone's trying to push towards but I'm encouraged I'm encouraged by the response and how so mm. many people are like you know what like this hasn't this isn't working we need to do things differently yeah I mean just a final point really on that around the the concept of doing the work I was thinking about this the work is different for everybody isn't it it's different from it's different because you'll everybody will come at it from a different baseline from a different culture from a different um, belief system and when we say the work, like for some people, that will mean reading a lot and going into a, a hole and being able to, to sort of like process some of it. Some other people will mean demonstrating. Other, I guess it's just such an interesting part about the action that each individual person takes. And I am talking about white people, but I know that I've spoken to my black friends as well. They were saying, I need to do the work. I need to also do other bits of work. It's not going to be the same work as yours, but it will be it will be work too. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's really interesting now is that something that has just been there, brushed under the carpet, it's almost like, I'm trying to find the right analogy for how I feel in terms of how things have developed, but it's like, mm. this has just always been there. For us, it's always been there, like this whole understanding that racism exists. But for a long time, we've been told by people who are in those are in those positions so people outside of the black community kind of been told that you're imagining it or like it's not really that bad or like so you, you know that kind of thing where it's like you're, you're trying to make me out like I'm crazy like I know that the, what is happening right now is not okay and the reason why I'm being treated this way is because I'm black but then you're telling me that it's not because I'm black but I know it's because I'm black but then nobody's really listening to me and I'm frustrated and then I'm just going to go talk to my black friends because they will understand but you'll never understand like that's literally how it's been and that's why there's that book, I can't remember the name of the author where she wrote, like, I, I'm, I'm done talking to white people about race. Um, oh, is it Rennie, Rennie Edo-Lodge? Yes, that, yes. That, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that, it's that yeah. whole, like, denial of it happening. And that's, that's what we've had to face, like, the denial for so long. And so now it's like, oh, like, people are actually, like, listening. People are actually asking us to talk about this. And up to this point, we've never been asked to talk about it. Like people have never really been saying, like, if you think about over the last month, the amount of times that white people have said black people, like people don't normally say it. Like you just wouldn't say it. Like most of the time people don't say it. So like, if you think about how many times have I actually referred to someone as a black person in the last month compared to yeah. before, because before we didn't see color. We didn't talk about color. We didn't talk about race because we won't. We just talk, we'll just mention their name. Um, my friend so-and-so that you wouldn't refer to them as a black person so this is like a whole new conversation for everybody it's new for black people to be talking to white people about this stuff and it's new for white people to be talking to black people about this stuff so it's just to me it's like <laughs> and there's another there's another dynamic there isn't there it's it's uh i don't know if it's new but there's conversations that are, that are then happening between white people about it and conversations yes. must be happening between black people going what the hell they've, they've woken up <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly and then it's crazy like when I see uh, particularly on Facebook like there's white people who are now upset with their white friends and being like don't don't follow me and they're unfollowing each other and you know because you're a racist or you're calling me a racist so I'm not a racist like there's all of this other 
stuff and I'm just like oh my gosh this is a minefield um in terms of you know like dealing with with that element of it and wanting to be seen to be supporting and then feeling like well actually I don't like some people are like actually I don't I don't agree or it's just yeah there's a lot of new conversations happening and I think it's good like we need to have new conversations so that we can have new perspectives but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy to have these types of conversations and you've just made me think there it's almost like um I've heard somebody refer before to social media being in its infancy and and we're just learning how social media works really and in 20 30 40 years time we'll we'll finally understand how you know it'll be a teenager and I'm not saying racism race discussions are in their you know infancy they're not they're 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 actually geriatric and they shouldn't be but I guess in terms of a new way of talking about it amongst white people there you go probably it's it's quite new isn't it yeah Yeah, I think so I think people just haven't it's like people haven't had proper discussions about it Mm. I don't think I think that things viewpoints and perspectives have been passed down from generation to generation but almost like in a subtle way or in some respects when there is like you know blatant racism like there might be parents that are specifically having conversations with their children about certain groups of people um but I think a lot of the time because it is like oh we don't really talk about that like people then just have their own draw their own conclusions from the things like media and that's a whole nother discussion to talk about like how black people are represented in the media so when someone yeah. is not having conscious conversations about a group of people and all they see is the representation then it makes sense that they would then say I'm scared of black people because if you just watch the news you're gonna think that all black people wear hoodies and they want to steal stuff and that is absolutely not the case but if yeah. you're not educated otherwise, you will grow up with that perspective. And if you live somewhere like Surrey, you haven't met a black person really to have a conversation with. So your only frame of reference is the messed up media messages that you get yeah. all the time. I, I totally agree with you. And actually, you, you it's referring back to something you said earlier, which this is a conversation that's starting in a, in a slightly new place for, for lots of people, but also now bringing... I tried to say bringing people together. I don't, that's not right, I don't think. But in the sense of, it's almost like this is such a new part of our conversations, isn't it? And the energy that's happened over the last three, four weeks is is high and huge and big. And it makes you think about how we, in the coaching industry, how I, as a white woman in it, can make sure that the energy behind it isn't burnt out, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's not about doing loads and loads of work now and going I've done all the work it's like it's got to be like this constant rather than big action here and then nothing yeah absolutely (laughs) I totally agree and I think that's why you know when we talk about a movement it's like you're moving in a direction and that moving continues to go it's not just like a one-off like this isn't a concert this isn't like a big where we are now is like it's a part of the journey so the journey started way back when if you look like look back civil rights movements and all that's happened before to get us to this point and this is almost like a marker in the road like 2020 is like a marker like the year that people like rose up (laughs) 2020 done 2020 I don't like it's it's just been nuts like it's it's June and look all that we've gone through (laughs) but um yeah but in terms of the whole the you know race and addressing it it is very much like there's been a shift right now 
And then it's like, okay, where are we shifting to? What's going to be next? Janine, if you could say anything to a new coach coming into the industry, what would you say to them? What would I say to a new coach? I like, I would say all that glitters is not gold. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when you're a new coach, what, what happens if it's anything like my experience is you come online and then you see all of these coaches that are promising six figures in six minutes and all of these tactics and strategies that you must implement and all of these funnels and courses that you have to take to be able to do it. And, and it's not that. Like, it's not that, like, not to say that they're not right, because there are strategies that people implement that work, but they work at a certain point in your business and in your journey. And so when you're just starting out, all you need to be focusing on is who do you want to coach? What do you want to help them with? How can you find those people? Like, that's it. We don't even need to worry about website yet, because like you're going to spend thousands of pounds on a website and then like in a year's time you're going to realize that the people that you thought you wanted to help you don't really want to help (laughs) so then you have to redo your website so I would just say just start simple if you're coming into coaching from a place of I want to help people I want to serve people then figure out how do you want to help people how do you want to serve people and where can I find those people and the rest you can worry about like year two year three year four so just don't get sucked in genius that is the nicest simplest strategy that anyone can follow yeah it's just it's so simple though that it's it's too simple right we just complicate it like I'm I've been coaching for I don't know qualified in got my certification in 2014 it's like 2020 I properly started my business about three and a half years ago and then like it's only now that I'm just like why have I been making it so complicated what was the phrase all that glitters isn't gold it's not gold gold. (laughs) Facebook ads can make anything look glittery not that I'm against Facebook ads because I actually bought a really nice top the other day from a Facebook ad it's the first time I've done that (laughs) and after I paid for it I was like is this actually gonna arrive like are they really gonna send it (laughs) then it came I liked it so um yeah Facebook ads can be good and I've used them before as well so I'm not knocking them keep your business simple and you'll you'll be flying thank you Janine really nice to talk to you today where can people find you right now where are you hanging out I'm hanging out in a few places so I really like LinkedIn that's my jam so if you go to Janine S Brand find me on LinkedIn I'm also liking Instagram Emily's like got me liking Instagram and um so I'm careers beyond motherhood on Insta uh, and I have a free Facebook group called Career Change Made Simple. So if you are someone who's thinking about coaching around career change and you want to come and hang out in my group, happy to have you. Nice, Janine. Thank you so much for your time. It's been beautiful to connect with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Thank you, love. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.